This is our seventh session on 1 Thessalonians 2, 13-16. And we're in these strange and provocative verses here at the end. You Thessalonians suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews. And I argued that this is not two different groups of people necessarily, two different kinds of people, namely they, um, that is, your countrymen is different from the Jews, because I think mainly they encountered suffering and persecution from the Jewish people in Thessalonica, just like the Christians encountered persecution from the Jewish people in Judea. That's what we talked about last time. So the point here is you suffered the same kinds of things, and thus you validated your authentic conversion to Christ because of your joyful willingness for the gospel's sake to suffer. And to your amazement, I think I think this is implicit, your suffering is coming from the very people of God, from whom salvation, the gospel of God, sprang. And I think this provokes the, the needed focus on what's going on with the Jewish opposition that we're encountering in Thessalonica and they encountered in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews. And then what I'd like to do now is just focus on the facts, especially this first fact this time, who the Lord Jesus killed. It goes on to say who the Lord Jesus killed and the prophets and us drove out and God do not please and all the people opposed. And I translate it that way, putting the people at the front of their phrases because that's the way it is in the original. The Lord Jesus you killed and the prophets and us at the front drove out and God at the front you please and all people at the front you oppose as though this remarkable, expansive group of the Lord and God and apostles and prophets and finally all people are opposed in this kind of hindrance of the speaking, the speaking of apostles, the speaking of prophets, the speaking of the Lord Jesus, the speaking of God himself in resisting all this speaking to the Gentiles they are resisting salvation. So we'll get there. There's lots of things to talk about. Let's just talk about the fact who the Lord Jesus killed. So, Father, as we focus on this Jewish resistance to the Messiah resulting in his death, oh, help us to discern what's going on there, how it relates to us, protect us from turning it into a kind of anti-Semitic rage which it never had for the Apostle Paul, being a Jew himself. I ask this, help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know Jesus was a Jew. All the apostles were Jews. Paul was a Jew. Probably half this church at Thessalonica were Jewish people. Let's trace the origin of this statement. Matthew 26, 3-4. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people, the Jewish people, gathered in the palace of the high priest, whose name is Caiaphas, 
and plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. That was the plan. That was the aim of the Jewish leaders. Matthew 27.1, when morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the Jewish people took counsel together against him to put him to death. John 19.14, Pilate said to the Jews, Behold your king. And they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate said, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. Now they're going to use the soldiers to be sure, but this is drawing attention to the fact that the Jewish people had rejected their Messiah to the point of crucifixion. Here's Luke 24, 19. Cleopas, after the resurrection on the road to Emmaus, said, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, and how our chief priests and the rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. And then the apostles begin to preach throughout the book of Acts. Peter, but you denied, preaching to the Jewish crowd, you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life, whom God raised up from the dead. To this we are witnesses. Or Acts chapter 4, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, speaking again to the Jewish crowds, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. Or Acts 5.29, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. Acts 13, Paul preaching now. Those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him or understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them, fulfilled those prophecies by condemning him, Jesus. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. Now that's the consistent statement of the New Testament, that the Jewish people, long expecting their Messiah, hoping for him, when he finally comes, commit the decisive, once-for-all sin, which we'll realize is a filling up of their sin and a bringing down of a kind of wrath that we'll have to talk about, killed Jesus. Now, if we were to stop right there, oh, how distorted would be the picture of the death of Christ, right? It would just sound like the fruit of the envy of the Jewish uh, elders and chief priests and Sadducees and Pharisees, because that's what it was. But that's not mainly what it was. So let's make sure we don't leave it there. Romans 3.24, God put Christ forward as a propitiation by his blood. Who took Jesus' life mainly? God did. Yes, the Jewish people are actors of the sovereign love of God for sinners, but it is God who put Christ forward as a propitiation by his blood. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. 
God put him forward and took his life and shed his blood in order that he might justify people by faith who unite to Christ. Or here it is again in Romans 5 8. God shows his love for us, his love for us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The death of Christ is the love of God. It's not the rage of the Jewish people. That's a relatively minor point in redemptive history. The major point is God Almighty was in charge here. Look at this, Acts 4.24. In this city, Jerusalem, there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, Herod, Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles, and the peoples of Israel. They are one-fourth of the players here. To do whatever your hand, O God, and your plan had predestined to take place. God is the actor at the cross of Christ. Herod, minor player. Pilate, minor player. Gentiles, minor player. Peoples of Israel, minor player. God, major player. That's the point of the death. And if we focus on any particular one of these actors, we will miss the main point. And Paul didn't leave it with chapter 2 in 1 Thessalonians. When he got to chapter 5, he said, God, God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. This is God's design that in Christ dying for us, whether we are awake, that is alive, or asleep, we will live with him forever. There's the great purpose and design of the cross in Thessalonians and everywhere else in the New Testament and the Old Testament. I'll end with this. How precious is this? And oh, that our Jewish friends would not hear us merely say they are Christ killers which really does skew the message something terribly, doesn't it? Because here is their own book, Isaiah saying, He, Messiah, and we know Christ, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. We put him on the cross. He was crushed for our iniquities. John Piper's sins crushed him. Upon him was the chastisement that gave us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him. The Lord has laid on him. Nobody else did that. Only the Lord could do this. Has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And that's where the focus has to fall in the big picture. I don't say that to deny in any way what Paul is saying here. And he has his reasons for explaining the Jewish situation. But I just want to end having pointed to the biblical truthfulness of this statement. They killed the Lord Jesus. Yes, they did. And they were the key human players. But oh, the grandeur of God's design in it for Jew and Gentile to be saved 
oh, there's so much more to see here, so much more deep explanation to give with regard to the filling up of sins and the wrath and to the end. So let's keep going in the sessions to come.